You're listening to episode three of the Fits Plane podcast. I'm your host, Laura Sue, and today we're talking about tips for squat, bench, and deadlift. Now, these are very general tips on technique and how to go about doing each lift. So if you have any specific questions I mentioned in the end, to feel free to reach out to me directly, and we can chat about your lifts together. If you love the Fits Plane podcast and want to support it and myself, please head over, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. I'll be selecting a listener of the week from the reviews, and we'll be selecting a listener of the month from that. Listener of the month will receive a 50% off discount to any of my non-subscription products or a customized Fitzplain podcast t-shirt. I'll be announcing listener of the week and listener of the month in my weekly insider email, so if you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to my mailing list so you don't miss out on any of the sweet prizes I have to give out. Alright, now let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Fits Plane Podcast, where I break down all things health, fitness, nutrition, and training with science to help educate and empower you to make your own decisions when it comes to exercise and nutrition. My name is Laura Sue, Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, Entrepreneur, and Powerlifter, and I'm here to help clear the waters of misinformation that's out there and tell you what works and help you not just learn how to work out and eat right, but how to train and fuel your body for performance. Hello guys, welcome back to the Fitzplane Podcast, episode number three, where today I'm going to be giving you tips on the squat, bench, and deadlift. Alright, so for today, I'm going to be giving you, as I said, tips on these lifts, specific to more powerlifting. I myself am a competitive powerlifter and have had experience coaching people and the technique that you need for these three in more of a competition setting. Uh, but I will say that squat, bench, and deadlift are three great compound movements regardless if you are a powerlifter or not. They're just great movements to build a lot of maximal strength in and increase your progress in your workouts. So these tips may or may not pertain to you, but I hope either if you are an advanced or a novice lifter that you still find some value in what I have to say here today. So we're going to jump right in, starting with squat. Um... As I said, I'm going to be breaking down technique in these lifts from start to finish. So we're going to start with how to get set up for a squat, back squat, to be clear, just to clarify. Um, so back squat, you can squat either high or low bar, but the biggest thing that you want to make sure when you're setting up is to start with making sure that your rack height is optimal for you, okay? I see a lot of people setting up with the rack too high, which makes the bar too high. And so they struggle walking the bar out and they also struggle re-racking the bar. And when you're getting up to heavier weights, this can be a little dangerous. So make sure that you set up the, the cups or the J-hooks or whatever your squat rack has to about chest height. I don't like to go any lower than chest height and no higher than armpit height. So make sure you are somewhere within that range to make it easier to unrack and re-rack the bar. Second, you want to make sure that you address the bar. You come walk up to the bar so it's in front of you. You're going to grab the bar with both hands. Make sure you're even, okay? Because if you don't have an even grip, then you're going to get under the bar and find yourself feeling a little crooked and off balance. So the bar has some marks on it. It has knurling, which is the rough part, and we have the smooth part. Um, by the way, if you're squatting, I suggest using a bar with center knurling. That's going to keep it from sliding or moving around on your back as you squat. Um, but you want to make sure you're gripping the bar evenly, so find some marks in the bar that's going to help you ensure that once you duck under and put the bar on the back of your shoulders, that you're going to feel even, okay? So after you find all that, I usually go a thumbs width from the 
from the line where the knurling and the smooth part meet. So I put the top of my thumbs where that that um, point is, where the bar transitions from smooth to rough, and then I put my fingers around and then wrap my thumbs around, okay? That make, way I make sure I have the same um, position of my hands, same position on my back every single time. So here um, is where we can address if you should be squatting high bar or low bar. There are two different ways to squat. Um, high bar is what I start off everyone is. It's where the bar rests directly on the back of your shoulders, kind of on your upper traps. Um, this position um, is optimal if you have, optimal biomechanically, if you have a shorter torso um, and shorter femurs, longer tibia or shins. It's not so great if you have a longer torso, longer femur, short shins. Um, like me, um, because when you squat, you want to make sure that bar stays over your midfoot so you're not leaning forward and the bar is not pulling you forward. So if you're squatting high bar, it's great to really focus on working your quads and your core strength um, and your low back extensors. Um, but for powerlifting, that's why low bar is so popular because you're able to lean forward a little bit more and sit back into your hips harder and utilize your glutes and your hamstrings a little bit better. So as you kind of move along in your lifting career, as I said, I usually start off people with high bar, but if you end up transitioning to low bar, that is pretty common. Um, low bar simply takes some load off your low back and allows you to use your glutes and hamstrings a little bit better, as I said before. So that is two different types of squat technique that people use. Um, so whichever position you decide to use, low bar is going to be up higher on your traps. Low bar is going to be down more on your rear delts. Lower takes a little bit more of a degree of mobility in your shoulders and your wrists. So I personally use wrist wraps around my wrists when I squat low bar just because it uh, puts a little bit more stress on your wrists. I don't use wrist wraps squatting high bar because there isn't that stress. Um, but it's going to be dependent on you and your mobility. All right, so once you get the bar on your back when you're squatting, you're going to do what's called a three-step walkout, okay? So this is pretty important because you don't want to waste time walking out, taking all these tiny little steps when you could just walk it out in three solid steps, have your stance and be ready to squat. So usually I tell people you're going to unrack the bar. So get the bar on your back, stand with your feet directly below you. You're going to engage your core as you stand up, bringing the bar out of the rack. Then you're going to do a small exhale and then kind of rebrace a tiny bit as you step back first with your quick foot which is going to be the foot that you would use if you happen to trip and you had to catch yourself. So for me, that would be my right foot. And then you're going to take another step back past your quick foot with your other foot, which would be my left foot. And then you finish by bringing your quick foot or the first foot that you moved in the three-step walkout into symmetry with your second foot. And by then, you should be ready to squat. You should have your width. Um, you should feel nice and stable. You should feel like that's a great position for you to go in. You should feel comfortable, okay? It might take some practice at first, and you can definitely practice. You should be able to do this instinctively so when you get to a meet and the environment's weird and you have people looking at you, it won't be that big of a deal to at least unrack and walk the bar out because that the squat is what counts. The unrack and walking out are just something that you should be able to do in your sleep, okay? So once you get that bar unracked and you get the um, get in position, you are going to take a big breath in to your belly. If you're wearing a belt, think about inflating your belly against your belt. And then you're going to close down your core against that breath. Kind of think about closing your rib cage down. That's how you brace, okay? You should think about almost bearing down like you're trying to go to the bathroom. You should be um, closing off your throat as if you're trying to hold your breath against 
um, like jumping into a pool or something like that. And then from there, you should be ready to squat, okay? Um, one other thing to think about when you're bracing is a neutral pelvis. A lot of people tend to stick their butts out behind them. I don't know why, but that puts a lot of stress on your low back and it's not as strong as a neutral pelvis. And think about neutral pelvis, think about stacking your ribs and your pelvis over each other. So if you had two upside down bowls, your ribs is the bowl that's upside down, your pelvis is the bowl that's right side up, the openings of the bowls should be looking at each other. Um, and that brace should kind of bring your um, pelvis into optimal position. Your glute should be nice and tight. And instead of thinking about arching through your low back, uh, think about arching through your upper back. So think about arching your sternum up to the sky, okay? Um, that's just going to help you set up so you don't feel the squat too much in your back, which is another common thing I hear people say that they feel the squat in their back. So now we're going to go to the actual squat itself, which you are going to think about if you are squatting high bar, you might think about breaking at your knees first a little bit. That's what I do. I kind of think about breaking at my knees and hips simultaneously when I squat high bar. But if you're squatting low bar, you're going to be able to sit back more, break with your hips first, and then bend your knees. If you're squatting um, powerlifting style, competition style, you want to make sure that the crease of your hips comes below your knee, which means you're breaking parallel, getting down nice and low, and then um, you are driving up with no downward motion from that. If you do not break parallel in a meet, you will not make that lift, even if you complete the lift to the top. If you have any downward motion, you will also not complete the lift, and it will not count towards your total, all right? Um, so that is, oh yes, I forgot, re-racking. Um, if you're in a meet, you have to wait for the rack command. Um, oh yes, if you're in a meet, you also have to wait for a squat command, so you can't just start squatting once you unrack the bar. You have to wait till the judge says squat, you're going to do squat, you stand up out of your squat, and when they say rack, you can walk the bar into the rack and put it down. Uh, but if you're just in training, when you're racking the bar, this is another mistake I see people make, you're going to walk the bar all the way in so that the bar touches the back of the J-hooks or whatever um, you're in. So basically, it touches the rack itself. It's not hovering as you set it down. You touch the back of the rack. You set it down against the rack itself so that you make sure you do not miss, okay? Missing your rack is very dangerous. <laughs> I would not suggest it, okay? So make sure you don't miss when you re-rack, okay? All right, moving on to bench. So bench press, a little bit more um, technical than squatting, at least in my opinion. So first of all, we're going to discuss arching, but arching your back on bench press, because this can be an area of some controversy. So when you set up for bench press, you're going to lie on the bar, on the on the bench, sorry, you're gonna lie on the bench and you're gonna pinch your shoulder blades together, pull your shoulders down and back, push your sternum to the sky. Now that is really all the arch you need to, to keep your shoulders safe. That is a sufficient arch, it's very small. Um, it's not that exaggerated at all like you see some competitive powerlifters do, but that is the bare minimum you need to have sturdy shoulders as you bench and keep your um, positioning safer and put your shoulders at a less at less risk for injury as you do the bench press, okay? Um, so make sure at least you do that. Now, the reason why powerlifters arch so drastically is because that helps decrease range of motion. In a competition, you just have to have your head. Um, in some federations, your head, shoulders, butt, feet on, on the bench and on the floor. It says nothing about your whole back, so you can have that nice big rainbow arch. Um, if you have enough mobility, you're going to be able to get a nice big arch. 
Uh, if you don't, you're not going to have as big of an arch. Um, but basically, any arch is okay. It's safe. It's not going to necessarily be dangerous. It's not not any more dangerous than arching your back on a squat or a deadlift, in my opinion. It's not a big deal. You are really moving within your body's own capacity for mobility because typically if your back isn't that flexible, it's really hard to push past whatever range you have because it'll hurt. All right, so um, if you're setting up for bench press, at least have your shoulder blades pulled down and back and you have a slight arch through your chest when you're setting up, okay? So as you do that, you're going to grab the bar Again, make sure you're even, so find whatever width that you've been training with. Um, usually the closer grip you have on the bar means that you're going to be using more triceps um, and anterior delt, whereas the wider of a grip you have, you're going to be recruiting more of your pec muscles. Um, so basically, you're just it's just one muscle being more dominant than the other, just like low bar and high bar squatting. One's not better than the other. It simply depends on what your goals are for training and what you want to target. So if you are a competitive powerlifter and want to re um, reduce range of motion as much as possible to lift as heavy as you can, then you might opt for a wider grip just because that'll be less range of motion to your chest. But if you are just benching for strength and maybe you want to work on your tricep strength a little bit more, um, then you might go with a closer grip. I will say though that a wider grip is a bit more stressful on the shoulders themselves while a closer grip is less stressful on the shoulders and more stressful on the elbows. So it's a give and take right there and you can make your decision accordingly. So once you get your grip and once you get your back set up on the bench, you're gonna think about your feet. You're gonna push your feet into the floor, push down and then push forward as if you're trying to scoot yourself up on the bench, all right? So that is gonna create um, tension through your body so you're not benching completely relaxed, okay? This is also gonna help keep you more stable and it's gonna help you use your legs a little bit more as you press, all right? So what you're gonna do is then you're going to unrack the bar by lifting it straight up and out. Same rules here apply for setting up the bar to the correct height. Make sure it is not too high or too low. You wanna be able to unrack and re-rack comfortably without hitting the J-hooks or the cups because you don't wanna get stuck racking the bar, especially if it's a max lift, that can be pretty dangerous. So you're gonna unrack the bar, bring it up and out of the hooks and then settle it right over your chest. And from there, you're gonna make sure that you're really pinching your shoulder blades together, your elbows are straight, and your feet are pressing down and forward into the floor. And then from there, the bar should come down to touch your chest and you should push it straight up, all right? So if you are a powerlifter and want to compete, then you're gonna to need to be training what's called a competition pause because when you're at a meet, the judge is gonna tell you start, press, rack. You can't start your bench until they start, you can't press it off your chest till they say press, and you can't rack it until they tell you to rack it. All right, so you wanna be able to pause slightly, not very long, because the judge is gonna tell you to press as soon as they see the bar touch your chest with control and come to a complete stop. So you do not wanna sink the bar into your chest. That's gonna just prolong your press command. You want to touch your chest with control and then drive the bar straight up with no downward motion from there. The biggest mistake I see people do on bench is they just jump commands. So you wanna be patient, make sure you are completely in control of the bar at all times. Um, and then making sure that you have control on your chest and power off your chest, okay? Let's see. Um, in terms of technique mistakes I see people make here, there's a lot of things that could go wrong when you bench. Um, elbow positioning, um, losing tightness, um, misgroove bar path. There's a lot of things that can be going on. So some things to remember, 
pull the bar to your chest, don't drop it. So think about engaging your upper back as that bar comes to your chest. Um, and then you're gonna think as you press straight up and back, don't push it straight up and forward, okay? You wanna kind of think about coming back towards your um, face a little bit. One nice smooth motion there. Um, and you wanna make sure that the bar comes to touch your chest at the exact same spot and leaves your chest in the exact same spot, okay? You wanna keep it in a certain groove because it's really easy to misgroove, meaning that your bar kind of loses its path and that's kind of where you lose your lift and it can be very hard to correct. Um, so a lot of technique work on bench, taking you know it slow, always thinking of a nice controlled descent to your chest and pressing it up nice and quick, all right? So that's for bench press. Again, it's pretty technical, individual to each person. A lot of things can happen um, and it's a little bit less of an intuitive lift to do than the squat and the deadlift. Um, so if you have any questions, please just email me specific questions. Um, but that's the basics that you need to at least start your bench press and at least, you know, some commands that you need to know for um, competition. So, all right, we're going to move on to the last lift that we're going to be talking about, which is deadlifts. So there are two types of deadlifts you can be doing. You can do conventional or sumo deadlift. I and myself um, was a conventional deadlifter, ran out of gains there, and then started sumo deadlifting for more gains <laughs> to get stronger. And now that's my preferred stance for training and competition. Um, you should definitely be training both because they both work different muscle groups. Conventional deadlifts um, are where your feet are directly below your hips. So your feet are together. Um, and they work a little bit more quad, glute, oh, sorry, not quad, more glute, hamstring, and low back extensors. Whereas sumo, you're going to have your feet nice and wide on the outside of your arms. They're usually about, I don't know, they're usually much wider than hip width. Um, and they work a little bit more of your hips, quads, um, and glutes. Less low back and hamstring activation on sumo deadlifts. But they're still working, but they just have different major muscle groups that they target specifically. So whichever um, style of deadlift you do is going to be dependent on your personal um, biomechanics and how you're built. So I will say if you have a longer torso, short legs, and short arms, sumo is probably a better option for you. Whereas if you have long legs, short torso, and long arms, conventional will work. Sumo will work as well. Um, again, it's just a matter of finding what stance works best for you and which one you can get stronger in. Now, I will say I usually have people start off with conventional deadlifts just because it really helps you hone in that hip hinge motion. Um, and then we'll move on to, we'll train sumo as well, but then if one kind of prevails in strength over the other, then we might start working with the one that's stronger, especially if you plan on competing in powerlifting because either, either style of deadlifting is okay. So um, we're gonna talk about conventional deadlifts first, how to set up. So you're gonna always start with either deadlift you're doing, you start with your feet under the bar, hide your shoelaces under the bar. And then with um, conventional, we're talking about conventional, you're gonna start by hinging your hips back, keep your back flat. I always tell people hinge back and then bend your knees until your hands can touch the bar. And then from there, you're gonna grab the bar Keep your chest tall, hips high and tight, tension through your glutes and hamstrings to initiate that push off the ground. And then you are simply going to press through your legs and bring the bar all the way up until your hips are forward, knees are locked out, and shoulders are back. 
So one big mistake I see people making in conventional deadlifts is they start with their hips too low and their knees pushed forward, which kicks the bar out away from them. So if you're ever doing conventional deadlifts and you feel as if your arms are out in front of you, you want to start with your hips just a tad higher and you bent forward just a little bit more. Back's flat, but you can lean forward more. Um, and then from there, you're going to do your lift so the bar can come straight up versus coming out and around your knees. Um, another mistake I see people doing in conventional deadlifts is, let's see, what was, I just had it and then I lost it. They, let's see, what else do they do? Um, 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 oh yes, lats. You got to lock your lats in, okay? So you don't want to, you want to imagine someone's coming to tickle your armpit with a feather. You want to lock your lats and close your armpits so that you can keep that bar close to your legs as well. The biggest thing with deadlifts, keep the bar close, keep the bar close, keep the bar close. If that bar gets away from you, it's gonna pull you right out of position and you're not gonna make that lift if it's a max lift or a new PR. So just to quickly summarize what you should be looking for with conventional deadlifts, at least in your start position, is your shins are vertical or a slight positive angle, but you do not want your knees kicked out over the bar. You want your back nice and flat, shoulders back and down, lats locked in to keep that bar nice and close. Um, one more thing that I wanted to make sure I pointed out about conventional deadlifts, which is another common mistake that people do, is not bringing your hips in quick enough. So I want every time my clients deadlift conventional, I always tell them as soon as that bar comes to your knees, you're snapping your hips to as quickly as you can. That's just going to help you finish out that lift nice and strong and powerful and keep everything nice and quick. Um, and increase your rate of force development and improve your technique. Especially if you are doing this competitively, you want to finish that lift as fast as you can. All right, for sumo deadlifts, you're going to set up pretty similarly. So you are going to start with your feet um, under the bar, shoelaces hiding, shoelaces hidden from under the bar. So um, if you're trying to find a stance for sumo, you're going to take your feet wide and then you're going to bend your knees, squat back a little. If your shins come straight up and down, that is the position that you should start in. And as with any lift, you can always adjust from there, but just start in something that you know should be the most biomechanically strong point for most people. And that is usually shins vertical, knees right over the ankles, hips back for um, sumo deadlift. So just like the conventional deadlift, I want you to hinge back um, with the sumo. So you're gonna start by breaking at your hips and then bending your knees till your hands can touch the bar. From there, you're going to grab the bar, you're going to pull your chest up against the bar so you feel tension through your arms, keep your lats locked in, close your armpits just like with conventional deadlifts, and then you're going to feel that tension from the bar and you're going to create tension in your body. From there, all you're going to do is press with your legs and then bring that bar up off the floor and you're going to lift till your knees are straight, hips are forward, shoulders are back, locking out that deadlift nice and strong. So. Um, what you want to think about with sumo deadlifts versus conventional deadlifts is you want to get that those hips as close to the bar as you can right off the ground. So the more upright you can be with your knees out is going to be better with sumo. Again, it's going to really depend on your mobility and how you're built, but you want to think of getting your hips as close to the bar as quickly as you can. Um, let's see, common mistakes with sumo um, again, starting with your hips too high or too low. If your knees are pushing past the bar, you're most likely starting with your hips too low in any style of deadlift. Um, and if your knees are 
usually people don't have an issue with knees too far back. Uh, but if you find yourself with your knees too far over the bar, then you're going to always bring your hips up a tad until you can find where your shins are vertical and knees are behind the bar. Because you don't want that bar to come have to come around your knees. That's just going to increase the length of your bar path and make your lift less efficient. Okay, we're going for efficiency when we're training strength. Um... One other thing that's very common for both conventional and sumo deadlifts is not taking the slack out of the bar. And how you can tell is you see people jerking against the bar to lift, um, or you see them getting pulled out of position right off the floor, meaning their shoulders dip down before their hips. Um, their shoulders dip down and their hips come up. Basically, they turn it into a quote-unquote stripper lift where their butt shoots up and then their body comes up. So you don't want to do that either. So a quick fix for that is to start by learning how to take the slack out of the bar. So I already kind of mentioned how to do that with sumo deadlifts, but you do the same with conventional. You're always going to pull up against the bar with your chest, putting tension through your legs. You're going to feel a ton of tension through your arms, a ton of tension through your back. And then from there, you'll know you're ready to push with your legs to get that bar off the floor. Okay, so you should um, kind of feel that bar click up against the plates. Um, and that is where you'll know you have the slack out of the bar. So it's really important that you don't jerk the bar off the floor. You do not want to do that. Um, you want to make sure that you pull the slack out and then kind of wedge the bar up the floor. All right, so that is about it that I have for general tips on squat bench and deadlift. Again, I don't want to get too specific just because everyone's situation is different and I'm not going to be talking about programming in this episode. Um, I may in a future episode. So if you have any specific questions for me, always feel free to reach out. Um, you can find me on Instagram at lifts, or you can simply email me laura at lstraining.net. I hope you enjoyed this episode, everyone, and I will see you in the next one.